It's climate, not weather. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. All right, I'm Chris Hahn. This is the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Thanks for listening. This is episode 123. I usually put that in the intro, but I neglected to do that this time. Hope everybody's doing well. A short pod tonight. It is the end of the summer, and uh, I actually was off from my radio show last week. I'll be back with a guest this week, uh, and then I'll be off again with a guest next week, but I'm going to keep doing these little chats with you. Uh, even if I don't have a guest, because people tell me they like it. So I appreciate it. Make sure you like, subscribe, download, tell a friend, tweet about the Aggressive Progressive Podcast if you like it. If you don't like it, you could just stop listening. You don't have to be a jerk about it. Just stop listening. It's fine. Uh, So another week of uh, somewhat less chaos in Afghanistan. Um, You know, I was pretty critical of President Biden last week, and I, you know, I do believe I was accurate in that criticism. I think... uh, they should have had a better plan going in. But I will also give credit where credit is due. I think they've gotten things well under control and are taking out, you know, tens of thousands of Afghani refugees and uh, uh, Americans from Afghanistan. Now, eight days before the self-imposed August 31st deadline, which the Taliban says is a bright red line. Um, I think that President Biden needs to do everything he can in the next eight days to get every American out of there and every Afghani that worked with us out of there. And if they continue at this pace, they'd have 80,000 people out of there by then. And, and you know, the number keeps changing all the time. The goalposts keep moving. Uh, I was told originally that it was about 60,000 Afghanis. Uh, so if we're doing 10K a day, uh, that's 80K by the end of the week. Now, I know it's hard for people to get to the airport and there's other complications. And let's get rid of the red tape here. And I think the Biden administration and Congress have done a lot to do that. You know, there's a lot of blame to go around for Afghanistan. But one thing I want to point out, the Stephen Miller wing of the Republican Party that dominated the Trump foreign policy uh, for the last four years before Biden, they announced this withdrawal. In fact, they wanted to withdraw in May of 2021. But from the time they announced until the time they left office, they did not approve any Afghanis for special visas. None. Not one single person. So for all the hand-wringing on the right about Joe Biden's mistakes in Afghanistan and about how we are leaving behind people who helped us, where were their hands ringing in 2020 when Trump made this deadline, created This potential chaos gave the Taliban time to negotiate with tribal leaders and local officials in Afghanistan so they would just lay down their arms. This was not a a long, prolonged fight. People laid down their arms because they made a deal with the Taliban that when the Americans left, they would give up. Where were they? Where were they to encourage the Trump administration to approve special visas for these Afghanis who have been interpreters for us? They were nowhere, nowhere to be found. So, you know, spare me your crocodile tears over the people who helped us in Afghanistan. I don't believe you. You're a fraud. I think what Biden's doing is getting them out, something they couldn't have done. So, you know, I I think the effort that's been going on for the last uh, couple of days has been Herculean, and I, I hand it to the Biden administration for getting that done. Again, I wish they would have had this plan in place when it started. 
those scenes of the people clinging to the airplane. And we now know that two people fell to their death from an airplane from over 400 feet. Um, you know, those were traumatic for a lot of people. Um, I know I told you last week that I was going out to MC an event for building homes for heroes last Monday night. I went to that event. Um, those, those men and women are fantastic. They, um, they lifted my spirits. Let's just put it that way. These are men and women who served in Iraq and Afghanistan and lost limbs, lost their sight. And I go to this event to MC it because, you know, I, I've been fortunate in life to have a, a media presence. And I've been fortunate in my life to volunteer for that great organization. And I am depressed all day. You guys listened to my podcast last week. You knew that it was really bothering me. The scenes in Afghanistan it was really bothering me. Um, Not that I wanted to stay in Afghanistan. And I want to make that very clear. I never wanted to be in Afghanistan. I am anti-war. But I truly love the warrior. And I spent my day thinking about them and thinking about how they must feel seeing this go down. And I was so lucky to be sent to that event last Monday, to have that event on my calendar last Monday night and to see these men and women and to talk to them. You know, they are just the greatest people and and they lifted my spirits so much that uh, I felt a lot better when I went there. And it's not their job to lift my spirits. It's my job to lift their spirits. So, you know, again, these people who serve our country and, and, and we can all disagree about conflict. And and trust me, I, I was anti-war in Iraq. I was anti-long-term war in Afghanistan. Remember, I worked in the U.S. Senate on 9-11. I saw with the Talib, with the Al-Qaeda, with Osama bin Laden, with the aid of the Taliban, quite frankly, did to us. And yes, I thought we needed to go back, go in there and get him. But once we got him, I wanted to get out of there. This 20-year conflict in Afghanistan was more than we ever bargained for. And it was a mistake, frankly. And um, I am against war. In general, I think it should be the last resort. I want to see war ending. And quite frankly, for the most part around the world, we are at peace. We're not really at war. But I got to tell you, I love the warrior. I love these people who are willing to serve. I really do. I, I think it's it's their way of serving their country. And you know, you might serve your country by being a firefighter or being an elected official or, or working on a cause. They serve by, you know, protecting this country, picking up a weapon and going to war. So God bless them and God bless America. The other thing that's been on my mind all week is climate. I mean, it should be on my on my mind all the time, frankly. Uh, we saw a hurricane threaten the Northeast and we saw flash flooding in Tennessee kill people, including two seven-month-old twins who were swept out of their father's arms in uh, the raging waters of a river that overran a town quickly. I don't know how much more I can say it. I don't know how long we can continue to have this conversation about climate change in America, we are at a tipping point. I don't know if there's, I mean, look, we've, we've got to do everything we can to slow it, but I don't know if it's reversible at this point, not, not in my lifetime and maybe in my children's lifetime. 
but we've we've got to come to grips as a nation on both sides that this is real and that man has caused it, made it worse, and that man needs to fix it and needs to fix it now. We can't continue to ignore it because it is devastating. People are dying. Storms are getting worse. The air is warmer. More water can hold in warmer, warmer air. And it's leading to more flooding and more death and more destruction. And not just on the coast. This is Tennessee. The middle of the country. So I don't know how many more times I can say it. I, I mean, I came to prominence in this country by defending Greta Thornburg. That's my first super viral moment on television. I've been on TV since 2010. But in 2019, somebody said something stupid about Greta Thornburg and I happened to be there to hear him say it and I ripped him apart. Climate change is real and it is a real problem and it affects us all. And I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you agree with me. The question is, what are we going to do about it? How are we going to change the mind of people in this country that think it's a fraud, that think it's a, you know, a scam created by China to sell us solar panels? How about we make our own solar panels like we used to? And then we don't have to worry about buying them from China. Like we buy everything else from China. You think solar panels is where they're getting us? Take a look at your television or your phone and find out where that's made. You think it's solar panels? That's their big export? I'm sure you all know who I'm referencing here. But yeah, we do need more solar panels. Probably would work. Probably would do well in this country. More wind, more solar, more battery. By the way, more nuclear. I what? Yeah. It's clean, it works. It could power cities. Let's be careful about how we build it and where we build it. But I think it's something that needs to be part of the mix. It does not produce emissions unless you screw it up and you have a meltdown like Chernobyl or Three Mile Island or um why am I dropping the name of the place in Japan? Yeah, don't build it where, you know, there can be an earthquake. Don't build it where it could get flooded and build it correctly, unlike the way the Russians did in Chernobyl. And we have nuclear power plants running in this country all over the place. And this one like 20 miles from here um, in Connecticut. It's, uh, you know, if they melt it down, it'd be horrible. But if we run them correctly, if we regulate them correctly, and again, it is a highly regulated sector, which is why there hasn't been a lot of new nuclear built in this country in the last you know, 30 years. I don't think there's been any. It's a highly regulated sector. And we've got to keep those regulations. And we've got to make sure that they are being enforced by honest people who can't be bought. And that they are being run by responsible people. But yeah, I, I think it's something that needs to be put in the mix. So maybe that's controversial. Email me if you think it is. But I think it is. I think it's something we need. I mean, until we can power everything by wind and solar and battery, we need something that's cleaner than what we're doing right now. So that's my two bits on that. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and then I'll be right back to wrap up the show. No guest today, just me. So a little bite from Chris. I hope you enjoy it, and I'll be right back. All right, I'm back. So I'll give you a little puppy update before I go. Puppy is growing like a weed. 
She is a big girl, and she is... I gotta tell you, she's fearless. If you're not following me on Instagram, please do. I'm Christopher Han NY on Instagram. I've got lots of puppy pictures on the Instagram account, uh, including one I put up uh, on Monday, or maybe it was Sunday night. Like The days are all melding together here. Sunday night, where she kind of looks like she's posing uh, for like a headshot for her promotional uh, tour. I- I'm not even joking. You got to look at it. It's the cutest thing you'll ever see. She looks like she's about to interview somebody. She looks like she should be getting ready to do her podcast. It's like, uh, why I bite everything I see with uh, Nala. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, she is, it is amazing. They just, they, they're so loving and they're so friendly and then they want to bite you. It's it, They're nippy. It's what dogs do. I, I'm, I'm trying Every technique to get her not to bite me, like to get up and walk away, the hold her nose and say no, the, the, the distract her with a toy. The, the, the dog just wants to nip. She wants to nip. She wants to nip everybody. And that's just crazy. But I love her. She is sleeping through the night now. She's sleeping downstairs and she sleeps through the night. Uh, my vet told us, I, I probably said this on the show already. She, he told us to move the crate downstairs and put her to bed and then wake up when you want to wake up. <laughs> so I, that's what we did. And guess what? I'm sleeping. I still lost my voice. I, I don't know why I don't have a voice right now. It's, it's, I don't know if you could hear it, but it seems kind of weak. Might not be so weak to you because I'm a loud guy, but it's, it's pretty weak to me. I'm struggling here to talk. That's why I'm not doing a huge long show tonight. Um, why I took last week off, frankly, from doing my radio show. I hope I don't have to take this week off. I'm going to get myself a good guest and get back here next week and do a full show. But I, I truly do appreciate you all listening. I, I didn't want to just put a best of up this week. Um, I wanted to come in and just say a few things. So you get your 15 minutes of Chris today, and hopefully you enjoyed it. And I want to remind you now, as I always do, to seek the truth question everything and everyone even me seek the truth i know it's out there and i know you'll find it if you look for it and i'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as i see it i'm chris Hahn. thanks for listening to the aggressive progressive podcast